and recording. recording. And we did hey, that clap was pretty good. It's pretty good. We're getting there. We're getting there. I love to podcast. Everyone loves to podcast. Gable, it doesn't do any good to just keep things in. Gable takes Jonnet's shoulder and squeezes it real hard as kind of a thank you. Ow. (laughs) What Hildred saw was, without details, there's no way to know if it's real, but I know better than to assume that it's not. We see Gable place their hand on Jonnet's shoulder and begin to talk about it, and we cut to another area of the ship very quickly. (laughs) What monsters would you like to present for me? Uh, who have we hired, huh? <laughs> Mungo oh. Jerry, Rumple Teaser, uh, Bumblerina, Old Deuteronomy. Monka's Trap. Uh, we hired that fella named Bad Will, who is kind of going to be our infinite thing maker, correct? That's right, Bad Will. So we can get any sort of weapons or things from him, right? Yeah. Uh, could you... Please play for me some people on on the crew trying to get weapon. Uh, hey, hey, bad will buying a selling. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm buying. I'm looking for a, what you buying. Well, I'm looking for a weapon that's uh, you know, good to use, not to hurt s- someone, but just that's sort of smooth and. Okay, uh, I'm going to stop you right there because mm-hmm. the purpose of most weapons is yeah. To hurt someone. Well, so. yeah, but this is more of a decorative sort of pleasure weapon. <laughs> oh, wow. I am Oh wow! like 100% that I don't own any decorative pleasure weapons. Oh, uh, well. Now, if we're talking just pleasure weapons, absolutely. I'm <laughs> oh, but, but they're just ugly? I mean, they're utilitarian. Some might say that there's a beauty in the usefulness of a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll I'll take a look. <laughs> well, we've got this flogger here, a nice soft <laughs> flogger. Hmm. That's nice. Hmm. Okay, are are you a a thuddy type or a stingy type? What's hmm. what's your pleasure? De- de- definitely thuddy. Okay, okay. What about a good old-fashioned paddle? Now, as you can see, this one isn't decorative, but it could be carved. Well, well, I'm thinking something sort of smaller and heavier and a little more cylindrical. (laughs) Okay, so that's starting to get away from... He wants a dildo! (laughs) He wants a dildo! He wants a dildo! Just go ahead and make it for him. If you don't already have it. There's other people in line. 
The line is moving. We gotta get our stuff. Just give him the pleasure instrument that's the shape of a dildo. There's nothing wrong with it. Either you got it or you don't. It's healthy. I mean, I have all this stress up here in the air. Oh, and it, if it if it matters to you at all, I will be using this to jerk off. <laughs> uh, jerk just off, full, Jerry. Full, just Jerry, and full disclosure, I will be using it to jerk off. Jer- jerk off, Jerry. It's I, his whole thing. Okay. I have to be up front as well. Okay, I appreciate that. The, I do have a dildo. Okay, great. That will get you what you want, awesome. but perhaps not what you desire. Yeah, it's a terrible I, price, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'll give it a whirl. Uh, okay, it's just, I don't want any complaints coming back to me because you bought a dildo from me that fulfilled your fantasies, but brought you into a terrible new reality. Look, we can't always jerk what we want, but if we try sometimes, we jerk jerk what we need. need. Do you want us to do our jerk, 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 jerk? Do you want us to do our dance that we organize for that? (laughs) (laughs) Please describe the dance. It (laughs) looks like the Dragon Ball Z future. Liz, swear to God, that was what I wanted. <laughs> oh my god, Liz. <laughs> well, all right. Back me into a corner, why don't you? You've convinced me. Jerk off, Jerry. I present you with the ivory obelisk. All right. Cool. Um, well, I guess I'm going to go back to my quarters for. I don't know, seven or eight minutes, and uh, then I'll Good for you. catch you at the catch It at the was always yours. Oh, okay. You don't need to make this weird. I'm just trying to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good luck, <laughs> Hi, um, I would like to order a sandwich with no tomato, please. <laughs> I do have a sandwich for you. <laughs> yes, I know it's a terrible price. It doesn't come with chips. Can I just have the sandwich, please? Okay. Bad Will takes from the dark recesses of his robes a, a beautiful-looking sandwich. When the orphan bites into it, though, they discover it has kumatos on it. Uh, this is fine. you're welcome all right i'm next um i've run out of toothpaste and i need something some more toothpaste uh preferably something with fluoride but not too much i don't like the taste of it i but i just know it is important to keep the pearly whites (laughs) why of course, I have toothpaste for you. But I don't know how you can make this with the caveat of making it bad. Toothpaste is pretty straightforward. It's one of those toothpastes that comes in the plastic container that has two different tubes that form the oh, two ribbon damn paste, it. Damn and it, one damn of it, them is up higher than the other. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're wondering if you're getting what you need or too much of what you need? You just don't know. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to, I'll take it. Thank you. Oh, you know what? I do. I do need a toothbrush, but it just is a basic toothbrush. No frills. Just just uh, 10 bristles will be nice. There's no way that this could be made bad or ominous in any way. All right, so if you and if you don't have one, it's fine. Just just let me know right now. Just give it to me straight. Bad Will pulls out of the dark recesses of his robe oh, a, no. a, a solid gold toothbrush. Uh, uh, see, that's too much. I'll just take one a regular plastic toothbrush. It's got uh, engraving on the handles of many need like, all this wailing souls. <laughs> Are you <Wailing>. sure? <laughs> You know what? It's fine. I'll use my finger. It's fine. I'll, it'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Okay. Don't be a stranger. You can't always brush what, what you want. want. <laughs> we cut to the kitchen area of the ship where we see Slam carving away at potatoes, uh, peeling away the skins. Who's there with him? Um, I think it, at this time, you know... Uh, Oh God! All the NPCs uh, we'll are find... you, James. That's a lot problem. of them are. Hmm. Toku, 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 yeah, Toku's Toku there. Toku is yeah. also there. Yes, Toku is helping out. He, uh, I rarely, he, he, I rarely come to the kitchen. It is not necessarily my, my, my deal, my thing. But I, uh, I understand that we are all very tired, and I want to help. Hey, thanks. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and chop up these. The, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> I'll chop up the lettuce and I will give you the lettuce and, uh, and you will oh, put it. What? I mean, I don't know what to do with lettuce. I'm more of a uh, potato <laughs> focus. Uh, but. Kind of a potato specialty in what I do. But, but, but we have so many heads of lettuce. Uh, we have oh, yeah, sure, several yeah. crates, and no oh, one yeah. else. Yeah, and they sure. are wilting, and I don't want them to go bad. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's nothing no, worse be, than bad lettuce. That would be awful. Yeah, no, no, no one likes bad lettuce for sure. Yeah. Okay, so I will, I will chop them up, and I will, I will hand them to you. And oh, you... I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's not a potato, so and kind we, of t- we, we flash back to Slam's past, back <laughs> when he was a child. <laughs> Slam, looking at lettuce in his hand, he feels a great trauma associated. What? Uh, tell us what Slam sees. <laughs> did Did Slam ever uh, encounter the marinara? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back uh, to Slam's past. We can see a, a, a stark, a black and white toned a shot with areas of color. Slam is standing there, a child no older than eight. In Still uh, thick, very, still, very thick child. Yes. St- a thick, meaty boy <laughs> holding a potato as he is looking up at his uh, mother who is chopping a head of lettuce. There's a big close-up shot of this large knife that thunks into the cutting board as it chops away some lettuce. And Slam is looking at the potato. I think as an eight-year-old boy, he's just sucking on a raw potato. That's where we see him just like kind of mouthing down on this potato, watching his mother cut the lettuce. And then there's a scream. 
we hear the tinkle of glass, and we see red rolling down his mother's hand, dripping onto the floor. As the camera slowly... Slam, no! Don't leave me, Slam! Oh, my boy! Slam dashes out of the room as we can see his mother is covered uh, in marinara sauce that has (laughs) fallen from the shelf and splashed all over her. (laughs) Slam! Slam! No! 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 Slam uh, starts smashing up boxes full of heads of lettuce. The wasp enters the room. What on earth is going on in here? Toku! It's, it is, uh, uh, Didn't I tell you to cut up that goddamn lettuce? It is, it is, it, we are getting it done, all right? It is just, uh, it is, we have uh, clearly unearthed some trauma, and then uh, in the oh, kitchen... we've unearthed some trauma, have we? Yes. I wonder why. Is it because we asked a potato boy to do something other than potatoes? He is not <laughs> just a potato boy. Toku, you look at his face. <laughs> he is a potato boy. No, no. Look at me. And he grabs, he grabs uh, Slam's face. Look at me. You are not a potato boy. The marinara is coming for us. The marinara will always be here. It is up to us to face it. You have it in you to become... The Marinara Man. No! Yes! No, 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 no. I don't want! I don't want it, Toku! It's too much power! (laughs) With great power comes great responsibility. And you, you are ready for that responsibility. You're strong. You're hearty. Toku, I'm I'm scared. Take. And he reaches down. He takes a head of lettuce. Take this. And break it apart. His hands are shaking as he reaches for the head of lettuce. Break it apart like you would break open a potato. (laughs) The sounds of tearing lettuce mix with the sounds of his screaming voice as he tears it into two even pieces. And in the corner, the wasp. Send a message to the crew that we will be eating Caesar salad tonight. Slam is crying, and the wasp just nods silently and smiles. We cut to just outside the captain's quarters as a hand is reaching towards the door to knock. That startles everyone in the room who is just turning over the unbelievable revelation their friend Gable has laid before them. Uh, who is it? Nodo. Oh, uh, come on in. Nodo's opens the door and pokes his head in the room. He stares around. How do you all look like you've just heard some mind-bending stuff? Very sallow. John, it's fallen back on the desk. He's, it's The desk is clearly supporting his weight. I think he is shocked, but I think a little bemused. And the captain's hand rests on Gable's shoulder. Really? Yeah, a lot of surprising things can have happened. We didn't have to look at it, so whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Am I interrupting? 
No, would you like to join the puzzle? That is part of why I am here. As Wilson passed on navigational information, I spotted these on his person. And a handful of puzzle pieces uh, fall to the floor from Noda. <laughs> Why would he do that? Was he making sure that we didn't finish without him? Are, are these part of the scattered pieces that we've been missing the other times we've tried this puzzle? We've never gotten far enough to know if we're missing any pieces. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it's a metaphor that we need to trust the crew with our secrets to be able to give back from them what we give to them so we can finish the puzzle and therefore our journey fine. Just letting you know that the course you plotted has been set and is moving apace. Okay. Hey, Nodos, I don't know if we said it, but uh, great great job with uh, the race. Oh, yes. I know um, we were- yes, let me. Nodos, if you come over here. Nodo <laughs> steps over and, and stands at attention. You you know the drill. Nodo kneels Neil. down <laughs> in front of Gable. <laughs> For your excellent work on your project, here is a great job sticker. I shall wear it with honor. Thank you. It already is falling off. Okay. <laughs> Might want to safety pin that. Or just keep it in a box as a... I'll, yes, I, perhaps I'll put your, it your with a scrapbook. Um, yes. <clears throat> also, Spit has requested Jonnet's presence, if that's all right. Right now? Yes, I'm afraid so. Um, We'll talk later, that's fine. Okay. Uh, He reaches down, grabs a puzzle piece. Seems like everybody's just... Just so you don't finish it without me, you know? Okay, that's not how well, this there's works. No, there's that's... absolutely no way that we even... It's 10,000 pieces. <laughs> it's not how puzzles just work. A, just, just a little insurance, you know? It's really... Okay. Take a handful. No, that's, please don't. Fill your pockets. Please, no, just finish the puzzle. That's not... Okay, fine. Uh, and Jonnet kind of runs out with... Uh... Oh, where, where, where's Spit? Where is he? I will take you to him. Okay. And they leave. The door closes and the camera slowly moves back into the room, looking at Gable and Travis and the distance between them. Who speaks first? This puzzle isn't going to finish itself. Apparently not. Anything else you want to tell me? Shut up. I couldn't have told you I didn't know. It's fine. Don't be mad. You're getting mad at me. I'm not mad. You're mad at me. You're feeling things. Ooh, this is delightful. Look at you, Mr. All Stoic. I just like to be in on secrets. It's fun for me. Well, now we both know. Mm -hmm. What did you do during this little outing? How are you feeling? We made it out. What more can you ask for? Just another loss, huh? It's as the luminaries will. Do you miss him? Of course you don't. I don't know. I don't really remember what it feels like to miss anyone. There's a flash once again of two lovers hand in hand being washed away by water as one is pulled away by a sickly pale arm. And then another flash, 
of a bird in a black void flying away from a small man in a dirty coat. Oh, another corner. Oh, that's good. This is actually coming together. You know, for someone who doesn't like secrets, you certainly keep a lot of your own. Who buys a 10,000-piece puzzle? Well, it just came with... <laughs> it's absurd. It came with the ship. It's absurd. It came with the ship. <laughs> it came with it. People just leave these things and they get frustrated. Yeah, well, maybe because they bought a 10,000-piece well, puzzle. that's just not investing in the activity. Have you ever seen 10,000 of anything in one place? Sand. <laughs> 10,000 of sand? Yes, 10,000 grains of sand. I see them all the time. Hmm. I don't feel like that counts. Under your criteria, I think it counts. 10,000 stars in the sky, depending on how you look at it and when you look at it. Sometimes you can... There's no way that there are 10,000 visible stars in the sky. Depends how good your eyes are. Bad. Well, then you can't. We hear this conversation start to fade slowly away as we pull back through the window in the captain's quarters. And that pulls back through the ship itself. And we can see the Uhuru. Its sails lit up with a shifting crimson blaze as it glides through the clouds. The clouds fade in after the ship has parted them. And we can see they're lined, tinted, with a bit of yellow. In the light of the sunset, as it is just starting, the yellow blends nicely with the reds and oranges of the sky, and it almost looks like gold. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Before we get back to the show, I wanted to take a quick moment and thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without all of you, this show would not be possible. And we've got some exciting rewards coming up on Patreon. On February 25th, we'll be releasing the first episode of Blimp Jacks, our Skyjacks Blimp Leggers crossover. If you don't know, Blimp Leggers is a setting made up by the good folks over at System Mastery, and I invited them to take characters from that setting and take them over to the Skyjacks universe to run amok. It was a super fun series, and the first episode is going to be completely open to the public. All the following episodes will be behind the secret archive paywall, so you'll need to be one of our $5 a month subscribers. Speaking of our Patreon subscribers, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of them individually. The first up is a name correction, and that is Casket Jones. Thank you so much. Kristen, thank you. Maddie, thank you very much. Tom Challenger, thank you. Oliver Smith, thank you very much. Alex H. Mayberry, thank you. Josh Vinton, thank you so much. Kate Reeves, thank you. Maxime Monarch Tremblay, thank you. Jacob A. Massile, thank you very much. Catherine with an A, thank you. A-List, thank you very much. Amanda C., thank you. 
Justice Hepburn. Thank you. Ryan Miller. Thank you so much. Chris. Thank you very much. Remus Sanders. Thank you very much. Chris Moore. Thank you so much. And thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you want to hear Blimp Jacks and all of the other cool bonus content that we have up there for you, head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and lend us your support now. With all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Rain. Rain beating down across the deck of a skyship that moves slowly through a misty mountainside. Off to the east, I'm sorry, off to the west, you can see a roiling ocean full of cascading waves pushed on by a storm. Aboard the ship, we see people buttoned down in thick skyjack coats, pulling themselves away from the cold and wet of the rain. There are only a few people above deck, those forced to tend the lines and those forced to feed the furnace. We can see a couple of them have held up a canopy made out of canvas to pull the water away from the coal as they shovel it into the furnace, pushing them further and further. We cut below deck, moving down through the ship until we reach the cargo level, where we see Travis Matigo sitting with a... Well, what, Travis, what what does your manifest for the ship look like? The list of things we have? Yeah, yeah, but like, is it a, in a book? Is it uh, a... Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely like a... a pretty big like a leather bound tome like a big a big leather bound ledger Travis this doesn't make any sense to me I don't see I would say like a quarter of the coal is missing from the book or from the ship from the ship I mean give me that book Uh, spit (laughs) walks over and snatches the book out of Travis's hand well, no, it's not that it's missing. It's that it got used. Matigo, did you approve this? Well, they said we needed to use the coal. What am, who, who am I to say uh, no? Yeah, but for the past two days, we've had fair weather. We shouldn't have been burning that much coal. Well, I don't know how these things work. <laughs> Where's <isn't> Gable? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I don't. It's not my turn to watch them. I, why? Why do you think I know where? Where's the coal? Where's Gable? I don't know these things. Where's Jonnet then? Oh well, I know exactly where he is. He's taking a little nap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's cut to. Uh, or, or actually, uh, I would like to take advantage of this opportunity because we are starting a new arc, and hopefully, this would be the sort of arc that people can uh, jump aboard with. Johnny, could you please describe your character? Yes, I can. And I will. Travis Matigo is a man. He has the appearance, at first glance, of someone who's, uh, you know, 
30, late 30s? Mm-hmm. Is that what I said? Uh, yeah, you'd say ago? in his 30s, I think. Okay. Uh, but then upon closer inspection, he's definitely uh, looks maybe a little more worn than that. He's got very stark uh, silver hair. And he's in clothes that are a little a little shabby, but they look like they were once very nice. Um, and he is standing next to Spit. Spit <laughs> looks exactly Main the way he sounds. Spit. Spit. <laughs> Let's delve into his whole scene. Oh, I would love for you to do that. Um, Spit cannot speak to me. Spit cannot talk to Liz Anderson. This is not. I'm not. I'm not allowing it. Liz, you gotta. You gotta negotiate for a better contract. It <laughs> is crawling out of my monitor. Right, it's crawling out of my computer screen right now. <laughs> get, get it back in. Get it back in. <laughs> Put it uh, back in the that- matrix. Let's cut over to Jonnet. Jonnet, uh, or, or Travis, please tell us uh, what Jonnet looks like and where he's taking a little nap. Travis, uh, tell you what Jonnet looks like. <laughs> <laughs> We've got too many T's on this ship. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I guess I'm taking a uh, Jonnet is taking a nap. Um, let's say. Jonnet is actually taking a nap in the captain's quarters. Um, he was trying to do some. He was trying to do like some, like some studying up in just like the star watching uh, aspect of their journey, just trying to plot a course and all that jazz. And he kind of just he he was burning the candle at both ends. He fell asleep on the uh, on the map and so he's been asleep throughout all of this like harrowing weather so we just kind of like see we start to like pull out on like uh, dripping of water and we pull out and we pull out and we see that the dripping of the water is actually saliva and it's on just like we see the face of like uh, a black 15 year old like 15 year old kid Um, he's kind of wiry Um, he's got kind of a, a frohawk situation going that is uh the sides are tied back by a sort of a crimson red uh uh bandana that's sort of tied around his forehead and uh he is just like he's got like a, a sleeveless vest on that's sort of like a lighter brown color he's got a some baggy pants <laughs> is that a <laughs> Uh, and he's got like baggy pants that are uh, sort of like a, a darker brown color uh, that is sort of cinched up on, at the waist by sort of like a, a more reddish uh, uh, a little belt situation that's very just uh, haphazardly thrown together. And he's asleep on the map. Oh, oh bud. But I feel it's one of those things that now the, the ship is rocking so much so that uh, he he's just like slowly waking himself up. Oh, I yeah, I like the idea that, that we see him on this desk, which, you know, the desks that are on this ship have to be secured down in some way. And they're mm-hmm. one of the only things that is secured. So behind him, you can see that, you know, in whatever netting uh, that's been added uh, to the interior of the ship and uh, whatever holds the lamps and whatnot, you know, there are objects that are swinging back and forth. And as the ship rocks, I think uh, Jonnet's face like rolls across the desk mm-hmm. a little bit. 
Um, and so it's like it, he rolls like, no, 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 a little bit more to the starboard side. And then it rolls again. Yeah, that's it. Now we're sailing. <laughs> um, oh, I, I want to know uh, for, for Jonnet's like notes. I mean, obviously, uh, star watching, particularly this like studious part is something that he's voiced a little consternation about. Uh, what do his notes look like? Are, are they detailed and studious? Are they uh, full of scribbles and, and haphazard like it's signs? It's mostly doodles. And it's mostly doodles of the Uhuru, uh, wherever, like, instead of, like, putting a pen where the Uhuru is, like, at that moment in time, he just draws a little doodle of the Uhuru. So if you look at the whole map, you can see, like, a bunch of different Uhurus and a bunch of different, like, pen types and drawing styles as we've left Bujanith. And, uh, and so... It's kind of been scribbled on, and then underneath each Uhuru, he, like, dates it where we are, and then, like, general notes about the ship and, like, how the traveling has been going. Oh, is this his personal map? It is his personal map. (laughs) Oh, that's really sweet. I I love that. Um, It will become burdensome if as journeys keep going, but as of right now, he hasn't learned any better. Oh, I mean, but. it's a good travel log. You can always <laughs> port the important stuff to another map. I think it's I think it's good and cute, and, mm-hmm. and we should support our boy. <laughs> um, I do want to know what uh, of his writing has imprinted on his cheek. Oh, um, there's like a rocking and then a, a little beat of turbulence and then a heavier one, and that sort of makes him jolt up and we see on the side of his face it's it's another doodle of the uhuru but he's decided to uh classify this one by the season it's in so it's snake season so the front of the uhuru is a snake it's not it's not a dick <laughs> but there's but a snake on his like face it. It's close. <laughs> but it looks like it it's close <laughs> It's close enough. And it's, it's you know, it's got that a little bit of a illuminated manuscript take on animal feel, which <laughs> probably makes it a little bit rounder and it looks yeah. even more like a dick than, than oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, uh, we get uh, the wrinkled uh, ancient hand of spit uh, that tentatively <laughs> moves down and uh, touches what a on its back. You hard at work there? Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, spit. Hey, um, I just, uh, we're just charting a course. What is going on? Where are we? Well, uh, that's what I'd like to know, too. We, we, we should have been somewhere by now, or at least a lot far, farther. We, we were trying to make a, a pretty pretty big northern run. Uh, but, and uh, and we, we should have gone north, but, I mean, if we've been hitting, if we've been getting hit by this storm, it's probably blowing us, uh, is this east, is, it, is this an eastbound wind? Well, uh, it, it would most likely be a western-bound wind with the mountains on the other side. But, uh, I mean, that's luckily that's been immaterial. Uh, I, I, I've kept an eye on that. You know, you're, we're letting you learn how to star watch and navigate and everything right. getting proper about that. But uh, if we had left the coast, I would have uh, taken note and corrected it uh, and, and uh, told you about it. It's just that uh, the journey north has been quite a bit longer than it should have. 
Uh, I was wondering, uh, you talked to uh, Gable and, and Travis quite a bit. Yeah. Travis been doing anything funny with the coal? With the coal? We've, uh, uh yeah, with the coal. I mean, I, I, I haven't necessarily been watching him. It's not my job. I'm, I'm doing my thing. Uh, maybe we got to start giving people jobs to watch people then. <laughs> but then we got to get, we got to hire more people to watch people. Uh, I guess you're right about that. We're already doing a lot uh, of interviews. Well, I, I don't know. I, I thought that, I mean, I saw that our coal reservoirs, uh, our coal reserves were kind of lighter, but I just thought that maybe we've been hitting some stronger wind. We had to put more coal out to output the wind, to outdo the wind. I don't know. We didn't pick up a lot of cargo in Bougenith. I mean, we've been carrying quite a few reserves since uh, the unfortunate business at Shank Hill, but uh, Bougenith didn't give us that much, you know, and far be it for me to say it, but a couple people are grumbling about not picking up a whole lot of gold in Bougenith, too. That's uh, well, that's gossip. Uh, we, we ain't picked up that much cargo, which means we shouldn't be burning this much coal. I, I'd be expecting whew, at least a, a couple hundred pounds, maybe even maybe even a ton extra with the amount of coal we've been burning. Um, uh, can should I roll to? Because I I'm wondering if like is this going to put our ability to get to our destination in jeopardy, or is it just kind of an inconvenience at the moment that we should keep tabs on? Uh, roll sailing. Oh, game, oh. huh? Mm-hmm. Oh. Time to play oh, a game. Oh, you know what? I I need to pull up. I need to pull up my character open the sheet. sheet. <laughs> oh, I do Where that are too. those even? How do I find the character uh, sheets? Mine's uh, on my right. desktop. I exported it. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we'll be right back when we get the materials to play this game. Um, I have it? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> are they on we Google We talked Drive? for two hours. So, so they're not on Google Drive. Your character sheets, goodness gracious. Your character sheets. Mm. Uh, uh, if you go to Genesis Foundry. Genesis Emporium, not Foundry. I'm excuse me. Oh, who doesn't know the game now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's his mad sound. I'm prepared. I'm a good little I've boy. I've found the nasty man. <laughs> boom, boom, Johnny, bap. were you able to move that image around? My image? Yeah, because I want to get Spitz nasty face on camera if I can. Yeah, right now, right now it looks like you're talking <clears throat> to Spitz Wiener. <laughs> you can, you can rotate it. <laughs> you can just rotate it. It, yeah. it does look like I'm talking right into Spitz ding dong. Right so in it. And you know what? Right He's got it. a big one. Good for him. Yeah, good for Spit. Can and it's sexual. Congrats. Uh, so you're going to roll sailing. Okay, and then what am I rolling against? How, how uh, it's going to be two purple dice. This is an average okay. difficulty check. All right, here we go. The, oh, my God. Uh, so this succeeds with two threats. Uh, three successes, two threats. Ooh. Okay, perfect. Um, then I'm going to say Jonnet has been working very hard at star watching and navigate, uh, navigation and has picked up a lot. And one of the unusual skills that you've picked up, partially because of circumstances surrounding Travis and him not being particularly good at his job, is 
you have been measuring distance in terms of how many resources it takes you to reach a particular destination. So taking a look at the circumstance, you know that this has taken way too much coal. It's been a couple weeks, I think, since Bujanith. But you should have reached your destination a lot quicker. And based on the coal consumption, you should have overshot this destination, you know, based on the amount of time that it took and the amount of coal that you spent on it. So something is up. Like, you know, at first, okay. uh, Spit mentioning like weight, like, you know, that, that, was, that would require somebody like sneaking extra weight onto your ship, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. So Jonnet kind of like looks at some of his scribbles. He looks at some older Uhuru uh, notes that he wrote and is like, Spit, we're moving slower and burning more fuel. We should have been there by now. I I don't understand what this means unless we've got to be picking up weight somehow or, or adding drag. That's what I'm afraid of, boy. Uh, do you know where Gable is? Gable? I, I think they're probably up top, motivating the crew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Gable do. <laughs> uh, do love this. I mean, one of the things we learned about Gable last arc is they love to work out and are deeply into CrossFit. So <laughs> let's cut to the top deck of the ship. Uh, again, there is a torrential downpour. What is Gable doing? What do they look like? And how are they motivating the crew? Okay, I guess. Um, or so they don't have to be motivating yeah. the crew. They could uh, be doing something. There's a torrential downpour, correct? Oh, yeah. On deck, there is a skeleton crew, right? So we swoop in and we see three figures. They're wrapped in these long leather oil covered cloaks to kind of get the oil off of them. It's really dark except for the occasional flash of lightning in the distance and also some swinging lamps. They are huddled close together in such a way that makes it obvious that there's not actual work being done. And as we go in closer, we see that one of the figures is holding a cigar or whatever the, this world's equivalent of a cigar is. And another figure strikes a match and holds the match up to the cigar and the cigar begins to light, and when the cigar lights, that f- flash of light illuminates the face of Gable. Cool. Gable is Ooh. wrapped up in this leather-bound cloak with part of it held close to their mouth, and so they reveal themselves to take a drag of the cigar that they're just kind of passing between the three of them. Gable is significantly taller than the other two figures. I believe it's probably Nodos and some other NPC of your choice. They're uh, seven feet tall. Their hair is cut close since Bougenith Gable has given themselves an undercut. So really they have long silver hair, but only tied up in a top knot. And the way that they're dressed is very plain, but they've allowed themselves to be a little bit more expressive and a little bit more, I think, casual. So I think that means maybe wearing like more colorful pants, uh, still very utilitarian. And then as soon as they take a drag of the cigar, they look back out into the distance to see if they can see anything. I have a question. We could introduce the idea of tobacco and tobacco products to this setting. Or How? I don't want it to invent- be tobacco. Yeah. Okay. So then is this, uh, I think it's a, 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 a weed equivalent. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dope. So uh, then I'll introduce one of my favorite uh, bits of uh, like sailing lore, and that's smoke and rope. In that uh, some ropes would be made of hempen blends, so you'd be able to get a little bit of a buzz off them if you just smoked the rope. It was a great way to like sort of combine getting high with uh, like a utility thing that you needed aboard every ship. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. And I love, I think that this is a thing that they do regularly because what Gable likes to do is hang out with the crew and do kind of the more like really crunchy roles in the on on the crew just being out and about and like doing doing shots and I, I, I just really like that I think it'd be fun mm, yeah I, I think uh, you're standing there with nodos and I'll say pliff um, <sighs> I think Nodos is as implacable as always, uh, but this has clearly affected Pliff a great deal. He, like, looks a little dizzy. Are you good? Do you mean, like, existentially? You're not good. Cool. Great. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to... All right. How about you go below? I've made a lot of choices. I lead a life of crime. How about you I'm go a below? criminal. Yeah, uh-huh. Pretty much, for sure. How about you go below deck and maybe go to bed? Hmm? Oh, my mom must be so disappointed in me. Okay. Uh, Nodos, can you take him, please? Of course. This way. Watch your step. There we go. That's a boy. <laughs> um... Gable, uh, you can look over across the deck to the furnace um, and the little canvas canopy that's been set up for the bags of coal that were brought up to feed the furnace. Um, you can see already it looks like the furnace, the, the the coals inside are starting to dwindle. It's going to need more fire soon. Mm-hmm. Gable looks at it and then kind of cocks their head because that shouldn't be as low as it is. And then they turn around and head back inside after behind Nodos. Uh, so as you, you start to go back inside and as you open the door, lightning strikes illuminating the figure of Spit who is wrapped up in one of those oilskin cloaks. Gable! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I want to say it. Scotty We return once again into the long line of prospective crew members in front of the skyship Uhuru. We see a man dressed in a leather vest with a necklace that has a bunch of teeth and talons hanging from it, a wide-brimmed hat, and some jean shorts approach uh, the table, drop off his headshot and resume, and sit down. G'day. Mm. 
Um, uh, uh, good day, sir. Uh, welcome to the Uhuru. I see you are interested in joining our fleet. Indeedy do I am. <laughs> First of all, may I commend you on your jorts? We don't see that a lot, and it takes a lot to pull it off, and I think you're doing it well. well thank you very much. A lot of yes. confidence. Great hat, I guess. What is your name? Name is Birdleg Steve. Hmm? Okay, not what I was expecting. Bird? Yeah, I'm oh. a trainer of griffins, so. Okay, so oh. we already have one of those. That is me. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> sure, sure, fine. <laughs> Fine, uh, but you you can never be too careful with griffins. You know they're quite wily beasts. They can be. So. Uh, well, I understand what we're going to have to do as griffin trainers. We must do the traditional competition to see who is the more adept trainer. So we have to identify cutlery at this point. Ooh, a griff off. Yes. So someone hold up a piece of cutlery, please. Okay, here you go. All right. This is a knife. No, that's not a knife. This would be a knife. Oh, he's very good. Mm-hmm. I, that's, you should, that's, that's, he's extremely good. Wow. Okay, okay. All right. My turn, my turn. All right. And here we are. <laughs> All that, right. Now, that's an ice cream scoop. Okay, yes. I was going to say that's a knife. I'm off my game today. Wow. People. Oh, jeez. I'm... I might have to sit now, back from this one. I'm not feeling myself. This prospect is very exciting because we can get someone to train the birds and Gable can leave. I, I am very tired. If you need me to do that, I can do it. Well, I mean, there might be situations in which, like, we're going on an adventure, but Gable can't be there. So we could do some sort of, like, understudying role. Sir, are, are you versed in fighting on these griffins? Uh, I could definitely do a little bit of griffin back combat, but I am noticing a bit of a problem. I- I'm not comfortable working in the lifts at all. What? Uh, well, the, the crew member that I would have to be understudying for is seven feet tall. Oh, mm. understandable. I'm coming in at a lean five. Well, it depends on perspective. It depends on how you're looking. If you are very far away, perhaps, that that could probably translate as being you smaller or taller. I don't know how first forced perspective actually works, but you know, we can make it work. As long as the F stops pretty high, the audience would be able to like wouldn't be able to perceive that distance, you know? Well and uh, our our ship does have a series of trenches. Uh, built into the structure that Gable normally walks in and everyone else walks on the regular ship so that we can all make eye contact. Mm. But if we all walked in the trenches and perhaps you walked on the regular ship, then we could sort of reverse the the trenches. I mean, if you're comfortable taking on that level of camera trickery in order to get me aboard the crew, I'm not going to say no. Now, to be clear, this this isn't such an effort to necessarily get you on the crew so much as it is an effort to get Gable off of the crew. So do you want to read some test sides and just kind of see how how you play and just to have some fun with it? Some fun with Okay, it. okay, sure, I'm game for All that. All right, does anyone, who wants to read? Who wants to read? Uh, I will, I'll go ahead and read with you. Okay, you'll be, uh, you're, you're Gable in the script. Uh, okay, I'm Gable, All right. got it, got it. And action. Gable, Gable, help, I'm trapped underneath a ship. I don't want to help you. I'm too busy, obsessed with my own personal problems. All right, very good. That's an excellent read. I want you to take it one more time and just have a little, uh, and maybe with a little bit more, um, you know, have some fun with it, you know? Just play around. Okay, you know, 
Maybe it's the scene. Could we skip ahead in a few pages? Uh, maybe do a different well, scene. That's pretty, pretty uh, presumptive of you, but sure. How about we do that? Uh, yeah, take yeah, it to page okay. five. All right, let's just go ahead to page seven. Page seven. Page seven. Oh, would be great. This this one has Travis as well. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Great. And action. Gable, Gable, Travis is a snake, and he bit me. I have sexual tension with you, Travis. No, it doesn't. It no. It doesn't say <laughs> no. that. It doesn't say that. That's a. It's right there in the the line notes. I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed you to can't read those. Read the, okay. the subtext as text. You need to leave it as subtext okay. for people to read. Sure, into. sure, 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 sure. Right, 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 right. All right. How right. about we just right, well, we go to the closer? We'll do the closing okay. scene, and you have a nice little mm-hmm. monologue mm-hmm. here that you can really sink your teeth into. All right, that's page fourteen, and action. Okay, I. I'm so sad and alone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wish I had more time to focus on myself and my personal needs. I am so judgmental of all the bad people in the okay. world and I just want to cut them down okay. with my big sharp fiery sword. I do not have feelings for Travis even though we hang out together all the time and we we fight all the time and we fight with a lot of passion and we also talk about being the only two people who really understand the kind of lives that we've lived together. Uh, I just don't care about that at all. I'm seven feet tall. (laughs) Gender's terrible. What is it? I don't know. I have no feelings about it. Okay. Now, to be to be fair, we only fight so much because Gable sucks so bad. And Travis is an entire asshole. So, <laughs> well, I think that was fine. Okay. Well, don't we? We'll be making callbacks in about two weeks. So, if you're interested, mm-hmm. just stay by a bird, and we'll get back to you. But honestly, thank you so much. We was really thank well, you, thank you so much. Thank you so. You much. You really brought really. life to the script. Honestly, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just I'm just grateful for the opportunity. It, it's mm-hmm. been so nice. And we have your information. Um, yeah. we bird do... leg Steve. Bird leg okay. Steve. Okay, and we validate parking if you need it. Yes, I do need it. I've got an emu parked out there, and he's very aggressive. <laughs> how'd you Stamp how did you get up here, here with with an emu are these not on the ground i feel like they're inside outside you know, let's, on the ground let's not commit to an area <laughs> <laughs> that can only be destructive <laughs> all right goodbye 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 oh he was fun okay Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E- P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. 
Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the skies.